0: going on everybody we are back this is episode 219 of the all this almost didn't happen this week podcast (laughs) because my computer was being a huge asshole this is the dark windows podcast my name is kevin
1: and i'm kevin
0: and uh yeah yeah so i want to say something super quick i know we've probably said this before yes we have a patreon it's great it's awesome if you guys can't afford to do patreon or just don't want to would you just do us a favor and not skip the ads in the episodes? Because that's kind of what, aside from Patreon, that's how our revenue works for this is through ads. It doesn't matter how many downloads we get. It's all about how many fucking ads people listen to. So if if, if you would just be kind and uh, you don't even have to listen to them, Just let him run. Just yeah. space out for 90 seconds or so. And once you hear us talking again, bam, snap back into it.
1: Sometimes, you know... It might be a good one. I mean,
0: I mean, it's a podcast ad, so who knows? You get about a forty percent chance of it being something interesting. Yeah, um, true. But yeah, just if if you if you could be so kind as to, you know, not skip them. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. <laughs> It'd be a super big help.
1: Speaking of podcasts, so I was listening to uh, Old Gods of Appalachia. Uh, like, I'm I played it from the beginning forward, and I'm on season three now, getting close to being caught up. And yesterday I was uh, sitting there listening to it while I was trying to rewrite a program for um, a security panel, and all of a sudden I started to, like talking about this other podcast. Wait a minute, I think someone on the on the group mentioned it. Uh, malevolent, malev- yeah, malevolent.
0: I, I cut you off because I knew you were going to fuck that word up because you always do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and i was going to say malevolent but i was like no wait that wasn't it no and, and maleficent as soon as you said uh, that the, the other one i was like oh yeah it's that's right that's right yeah and i was like okay so i started listening to it and i'm like this is pretty kind of fucking interesting well i'm like hmm i might have to download it or subscribe to it and start listening to it
0: yeah if you're looking for other shows, you should also check out Macab Emporium because they shouted us out on their last episode and they're friends of the show and uh. they do a good job. Just, you know, don't be a bitch and listen to it.
1: <laughs> Whoa.
0: <clears throat> it is really funny, though, to listen to Sarah just bust David's balls about being 40 like I do to you. It's kind of fun.
1: No, you bust my balls and say I'm like 100.
0: Well, because you were 40 like five years ago. No, no, no. It was only two. Oh, sorry. It's almost time for your early bird dinner You got it So anyway So you rolled what for this week?
1: Uh, Badass Excellent I had to think I'm like, wait a minute What was was it again? So yeah Uh, So if you happen to listen to the Patreon episode I covered a badass And I was Marine Because Kevin had covered the Marines We did a ton of Marine shit Yes and because it was the Marines' birthday. Goddamn right. Well, I did a badass because it happened to be Veterans Day on Friday. So I was like, well, I got to cover badass for this episode, so I'm going to stick with Marines. So I have got two for you.
0: And one of them is not John Bass alone. No. <laughs> John Bass alone is not one Because that'd be a little repetitive. I, I have never I never heard of these two guys. Okay.
1: Okay. Um first one is Corporal Joseph uh, Vittori. Oh, okay. Uh, 22 of Beverly, Massachusetts, yep. earned the Medal of Honor the night of the 15th to 16th September 1951 mm-hmm. near uh, Songnai Dong, Korea, where he w- was fatally wounded while fighting off an enemy breakthrough at a gap in his battalion's lines.
0: You, you got to give the Koreans a lot of respect, though, man. They are not afraid to just show off no. dong. Whenever they start naming towns, they're just like, it's going to have a dong in it. Yes, of course. It's just...
1: One dong, two dong, three dong, four.
0: And then if you're an AK... Big
1: dong, small dong.
0: (laughs) If you're an AK fan, the Romanians will also just show you their dong, too. They will. will. So, if you don't know what I'm talking about, look up Romanian dong. Mm. AK. Put AK in there somewhere, because if not, you're just going to get a really hairy dick. (laughs) Hold on, let me, uh, yeah, continue. I'm just so gonna he was the source ni-
1: check that. So he was the 19th Marine to earn the nation's highest decoration for hero- heroism in Korea. Joseph Vittori was born oh the 1st of August, 1929 in Beverly, Massachusetts, where he attended high schools and worked on his father's uh, farm until uh, October 4th of 1946, when he began a Three-year enlistment in the Marine Corps.
0: Look at that sweet pile of dong.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, he completed uh, recruitment training at Paris Island, South Carolina, in 1946. Served briefly at uh, Norfolk, Virginia, and Brooklyn, New York, Navy Yards, respectively, and was a member of the Maritime—sorry, um, not Maritime Marine detachment aboard the USS uh, Portsmouth. From April to June of 1947. uh,
0: Maritime Marines, kind of interchangeable almost.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know. But, you know, he was a Marine and he was part of a a water soldier. Yes. Yeah. Uh, He was then stationed at the Philadelphia Navy Yard until May of 1948 when he joined the 2nd Division Marine uh, Division at Camp Lejeune in uh, North Carolina. Don't
0: drink the goddamn water there. I've seen enough of the ads to know you don't drink the water at Camp Lejeune because yeah. it'll give you For
1: fucking uh, like, or
0: mesothelioma or some shit oh, like that. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. The it's, herpes. And guy I watch on YouTube, uh, Angry Cops, also <laughs> did uh he talked about that, and he also talked about some – I want to say it was on the Nimitz, where they had a bunch of fucking jet fuel get, quote-unquote, accidentally pumped into the, uh, the potable water supply. Oh. Yeah, and dudes were just fucking drinking it and showering in it, so... Nice. I mean, I know there's Marines on board, so what did that do? Probably just made them stronger. Uh, Fucking giant mutant retards. (laughs) So, uh, from January to
1: May of 1949, he served with the 6th Fleet in the Maritime... uh, Not Maritime. That is not Maritime. That is Mediterranean uh, area.
0: Almost the same thing. Oh, not really, but maybe... Good food, though.
1: Um, he, get, he again served at Camp Lejeune until the 3rd of October, 1949, uh, after being uh, in the Sixth Fleet, when, when he was discharged. Returning to Beverly, Massachusetts, he worked for a year as a plasterer and bricklayer until oh, enlisting man. in the Marine Corps Reserve on uh, September 26th of 1950 for an indefinite tour of, of active duty. He was trained at Camp Lejeune again until January of 1951 when he arrived in Korea to join the uh, company with which he was serving uh, when killed.
0: Man, I would so have he, just gone there for the barbecue, though.
1: Yeah. Uh, he had participated in the South and Central Korean campaigns, uh, receiving his promotion to corporal on the 15th of June 1951. So the action occurred on Hill 749.
0: It's always a goddamn numbered hill.
1: Yep. Where Corporal Vittori's company was assaulting well-entrenched Chinese communist positions. A vicious enemy counterattack drove back a forward platoon with heavy uh, casualties. And Corporal Vittori, with two other other volunteers from his reserve platoon, dashed into a hand-to-hand combat in the midst of swarming enemy to give the Marine company time to consolidate its position. Later, when the, a call went up for a, an automatic rifleman to defend an isolated heavy machine gun position, on the flank of his company's sector, Corporal Vittori again volunteered. With hot, heavy casualties leaving a hundred-yard gap in the Marine lines at the position, he fought a single-handed battle to prevent an, an enemy breakthrough. Leaping from one side of the position to the other, he kept a, up a withering fire of over
0: 1,000 rounds in in three hours. And, you know, the problem is you can't even just say it was Koreans he was fighting. Because it wasn't just Koreans. Because the Chinese throw a bunch of fucking dudes into Korea, too. And yep. I only know that because of MASH. Yes. So, yeah, ooh, it's a, it's a comedy show from the 80s. I don't give a shit. I learned history from fucking... You know Yes Alan Alda Very true And uh, Gary Berghoff mm-hmm. Yep BJ Honeycutt Can't remember the guy's name <laughs>
1: Me either <laughs> uh, He made re- repeated trips through no,
0: uh, Hold on Before we go too much further here BJ or Trapper John BJ Okay Cool Cause, Cause... like Trapper John was fine But BJ was way more fun
1: Yeah Yeah Of course and it was definitely Colonel Potter <sighs> over Blake.
0: I liked both of them, but yeah, Potter, for sure. I'll take Potter. Yeah. I did like both, though.
1: And I liked it better when Radar was there yeah. versus without
0: Radar. Yeah. I like Charles Winchester, too. He was fun because uh, he was just a cunt. <laughs> I'd rather
1: him over Old, old Ferret Face. I like
0: both. I liked Frank Burns, but Charles was just, he was just such a twat. He was. (laughs) He was. If if you grew up in New England, you'll understand exactly why everybody fucking hated Charles Emerson Winchester III. Because he was just that dickhead. They said from Massachusetts, but that's a a guy from Connecticut is what that is. Just fucking. No, he's from Boston.
1: No, I'm telling you though.
0: Sure, yes, he's from Boston, but. He is based off a character from Connecticut, like down in the southern part of it where they can like drive into Long Island, that part of Connecticut, where they're just enormous douchebags. Mm. Yeah. muddied well, up. Yeah. Okay.
1: So this is pretty... I got a, long, a lot of stuff to go through. Well,
0: so It's a good thing we stopped and mm. talked about MASH for four minutes then, huh?
1: So he made repeated trips through a heavy shell fire to replenish his ammunition, manned a machine gun after its uh, gunner fell, and despite enemy penetration to within feet of his position, kept the enemy out of the, uh, <clears throat> the breach in his company's alliance until he was mortally wounded. Jesus. The next morning, the Marines counted almost 200 enemy dead in the area. He weren't
0: fucking around, was now, he?
1: In addition to the Medal of Honor, Corporal Vittori was posthumously awarded his second Purple Heart uh, Medal for wounds received in action. He was previously wounded on nine June, nineteen fifty one, near Yanggu, Korea, uh, where in I like that
0: Szechuan style, by the way.
1: Yes, and had been uh, a property sergeant uh, after leaving the field of hospital. After a week at the hospital, he had asked to rejoin his buddies in his old infantry platoon, and was allowed to do so. So here is his the complete citation for his actions. Okay. Okay, for
0: for conspicuous bullshit in the honor of gallantry. (laughs) Yes,
1: for conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity, intrepidity, intrepidity.
0: Intrepidity. Yeah, that too.
1: Uh, At the risk of his life, above and beyond the call of duty, while serving as an automatic rifleman in Company F, in action against enemy aggressor forces with a forward platoon suffering heavy casualties and forced to withdraw under a vicious enemy counterattack. As his company assaulted strong hostile forces entrenched on Hill 749, Corporal Vittori boldly rushed through the withdrawing troops with two other volunteers from his reserve platoon and plunged directly into the midst of the enemy, overwhelming them in a fierce hand-to-hand struggle he enabled his company to consolidate its position to meet further imminent onslaught quick to respond to an urgent call from for a rifleman to defend a heavy uh, machine gun position on the extreme point of the northern flank and virtually isolated from the remainder of the unit when the enemy again struck in force during the night he assumed position under the devastating barrage and fighting a single handed battle uh, leapt from one flank to the other, covering each foxhole in turn as casualties continued to mount, manning a machine gun when the gunner was struck down, and making repeated trips through the heaviest shellfire to replenish ammunition. With the situation becoming extremely critical, reinforcing units to the rear pinned down under the blistering attack, and foxholes left practically void (coughs) by dead and wounded for a distance of a 100 yards, Corporal Vittori continued his valiant stand, refusing to give ground as the enemy penetrated to within feet of his position, simulating strength in the line and denying the foe physical occupation of the ground. Mortally wounded by the heavy machine gun and rifle bullets, while persisting uh, yeah, persisting in his magnificent defense of the sector, where approximately 200 enemy dead were found the following morning. Corporal Vittori, by his fortitude, uh, stout-hearted courage, and great personal valor, had kept the point position intact, despite the tremendous odds, and undoubtedly prevented the entire platoon... Position from collapsing. Plattalion? Uh, yeah. Yep. I meant battalion. Okay. But I was that like, didn't sound right. It's right? Like,
0: uh, <clears throat> is it a platoon? Is it a battalion? Yeah. Is it a battalion of platoons? <clears throat> uh,
1: his extraordinary heroism throughout the furious night-long battle reflects the highest credit upon himself and the U.S. Naval Service. His gallantry gave his life for his... Co- he gallant, gallantly gave his life for his country. Okay, so these are the medals he was awarded: right, Medal of Honor, World War II Victory Medal, Purple Heart, com, so, times two, uh, Combat Action Ribbon, American Campaign Medal, Korean Service Medal, National Defense Service Medal, Republic uh, of Korea Presidential Citation, Republic of Korea. Uh, war, <clears throat> war service medal, United Nations service medal, Marine Corps presidential unit citation, Marine Corps uh good conduct medal, Marine Corps expeditionary medal.
0: He weren't fucking around.
1: No, very much so. Not so. <coughs> so that is Corporal Vittori in his full splendor.
0: Yeah. Shit.
1: Um, now, before we go on the other one, I actually have, uh, some other names of some famous Marines. Some of these I did not know the Marines. See how many I know. So I know, I mean, you probably know a few, uh, Drew Carey. Yep. Uh, Montel Williams. Didn't know that one actually. Ed McMahon. Never knew that.
0: (sighs) No, I guess not. I thought I didn't know. No.
1: Uh, Harvey Keitel. Yep. Of course, the army.
0: Uh, the fucking Marine. As a matter of fact, our Marine Corps episode, he let us in before our music hit yeah. with the uh, the speech as they are graduating from, from basic. Mm. Yeah. 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 We are Marines. We're here to die. <laughs> yes. uh,
1: the Marine
0: Corps will live on forever, and therefore, you will live forever.
1: <laughs> yes. <clears throat> uh, Rob Riggle. Yep. Shaggy.
0: <laughs> the Catalina fucking wine mixer. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, Shaggy, like the Jamaican singer Shaggy? Yeah. Huh, no shit. Yep.
1: Yeah. Uh Gene Hackman.
0: I yep, I knew that one.
1: Uh Steve McQueen.
0: Nope.
1: Adam Driver. Yep. And this last one I know, you know. Ted Williams. Motherfucker. <clears throat> yeah. yeah.
0: He hit four oh six and what did he do in the and what did he do in the core? He was a pilot. Yeah. And uh I would hate to have been any fucking enemy that came across him because you know yeah Teddy fucking ball game exactly he will kill your ass dead
1: went to war came back fucking took up where he left off
0: yep as legitimately as much as I hate to say it probably the second best Red Sox of all time after the guy when you look at him on on paper you go If you didn't see the name at the top of it, you go, wow, this guy was fucking awesome. Then he had one bad thing happen, and he's the devil in New England for fucking 30 years. Eh. Because, uh... I don't know. Bill Buckner had a fucking fantastic career with the Red (laughs) Sox. He did. He had one fuck-up. And he was sick when that happened. Did you know that? No. He was playing that game with a goddamn flu. And he fucking took a bad hop, and all of a sudden, he just... If he had walked down the streets of Boston... They'd a fucking tar and feathered him.
1: Yeah. It's <sighs> crazy. If
0: it weren't if it weren't for him, fucking <laughs> Lenny Dykstra wouldn't have a World Series ring. Okay, and that guy is a crackhead. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> the last headline I saw about him is he was digging through a dumpster behind a fucking fast food restaurant trying to find his false teeth. Because hmm. he accidentally threw them away. <laughs> because he is a fucking crackhead. Like, I would love to do an episode on him because he's a train wreck. <laughs> God, he's so fun. Crazy. Or just go listen to Crime and Sports. They fucking murdered it. And then they actually got the motherfucker on the show. And he's like, yeah, no, you guys are right. I'm a fucking asshole. <laughs> the whole time, it's like, holy shit, that's awesome.
1: Oh, boy. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So <sighs> here is the second <clears throat> badass Marine that I chose for this episode.
0: Do you want to do a break?
1: Uh, I'll do a break in just a minute. Okay. Okay. So the gentleman that I chose to cover is Mitchell Page. Uh-huh. He was born on
0: 31 August 1918 in... Uh... The only Marine known to have been born in 1918 that still fought in the Battle of Baloo Wood. <clears throat> Just a, a wee little fucking three-month-old out there with a shotgun. Just yeah, blowing the spiked helmets off these fucking German idiots. Mm. Okay. Not
1: so true. He was... Okay, he was born in Charleroy? Char- I don't know. Pennsylvania it's a town in Pennsylvania. Uh, I, I, I don't know.
0: It's some Amish <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> uh, and graduated in
1: 1936 from uh, McKeesport uh, High School in McKeesport, Pennsylvania. He enlisted in the Marine Corps on 1 September 1936 at Baltimore, Maryland. Completing his boot camp uh, training at Paris Island, South Carolina, in November of 1936, he was transferred to Quantico, Virginia. Later, he served aboard the USS Wyoming as a gunner and took part in maneuvers via uh, Panama to San Clemente Island off the coast of South uh, Coast of California. After that, he would be sent in February 1937 to. Uh, Mare Island uh, Naval Yard for guard duty. And two months later, he was ordered to uh, uh, caveat in the Philippines, uh, Philippine Islands. While on caveat, he began a mem- uh, became a member of the All-Navy Marine Baseball Team, which gained prominence throughout the island and the uh, Orient. He served in China from October of 1938 to September 1939. During his tour, he guarded uh, American property during the famous uh, Tencent Flood. Uh, Can't be that famous. I've never heard of it. Yeah. Uh, He left uh, North Korea and returned to the U.S. in 1940 for guard duty at the Brooklyn and Philadelphia Naval Yards in 19 I'm sorry in September 1940 he rejoined the 5th Marines at Quantico and the following month participated in maneuvers at Guantanamo Bay Cuba and uh cool uh cool, cool, no bra, yeah sure <laughs> cool story Coolbra, uh Puerto Rico uh, in March 1941, he was transferred back to the United States in ordered to New River, North Carolina to help construct and prepare a new training base for Marines, which later became Camp Lejeune. In April 1942, five months after the Japanese surprise attack on Pearl Harbor, elements of the division deployed to forward bases in Samoa and New Zealand. He earned the nation's highest decoration for heroism, the Medal of Honor, during the campaign for the Guadalcanal in October 1942.
0: And I can say this with confidence: when those guys landed on Samoa, they had the worst hair on the island. Because we've seen Samoans; they have beautiful fucking yeah. hair. Like of course. the only people that make me jealous, you know, with you know Troy Polamalu with his fucking commercial grade beautiful hair. Yes. God damn. I, I, I'm gay for that man's hair. And it's starting to go gray a little bit, and you're like, fuck yeah, dude. Looks good. But, yeah. Great fucking hair on the on the Polynesians in general. So when he made a desperate
1: lone stand against enemy uh, Japanese after they uh, had broken through the, the lines and killed or wounded all the Marines in his machine gun section. Now, here is the lead up and the events that led him Led to him getting the medal of honor. So the Japanese, so this is verbatim of everything, like what happened. Okay. Um, because I was like, well, I could write this all down, you know, put it in my own words, but I'm like, you know what? Why not go from like the horse's mouth and just, <clears throat> you know, everything that led up from it, right. led up to it. It's just, let's just, you know, cover it because it, it. Is, it, it deserves it. Um, so, actually, before we get into this, let's take a break. Oh, you blue and balling we'll, son of a bitch. Hey, it'll be okay. And we'll come back and we'll uh, we'll finish it off. Fuck.
0: <coughs> you can't cough if we're going to take a break. We're back.
1: <laughs> oh, whoops. Okay. Uh, so, the Japanese began probing uh, the American perimeter between... Uh, Longa uh, Longa Point and the Tenura River in late uh, late August. The Allies won the Battle of the Tenura on August twenty first, as well as a large scale battle known as uh, Edson's Ridge, fought over three days in mid September. Japanese reinforcements arrived at Guadalcanal via the Tokyo Express, a name the Americans gave to the. Troop uh, troop landings conducted by the Japanese destroyers, transports, (laughs) and submarines. Uh, The landings were made at night so the vessels could not uh, be intercepted by American aircraft. The Americans expanded their perimeter in the first two months on Guadalcanal.
0: Guadalcanal. Guadalupe Canal makes it sound like it's like okay yeah fucking Guadalajara Canal.
1: The Americans expanded. The American. fine. Keep it. The American (laughs) Americans expanded their perimeter uh, in the first two months on Guadalupe Canal. Guadalupe, whatever.
0: (laughs) I don't fucking care. Guadalupe Canal. that's where you. Uh, that's where uh, Ulysses S. Grant fought in the, the uh, Americans
1: expanded their <laughs> perimeter in the first two months on Guadalcanal. Uh, on the west side, the Marines uh, clashed twice with the Japanese in the uh, Manticou River sector. The actions in later, uh, in late September and early October were known, respectively, as the second and third battles of the Manticou, of the Manticou. It was imp- it was in um, imperative. It was imperative that the Marines ho- hold the Manticou line, uh, which included the sandy beaches along the coast, because it was the only possible route of advance from the west by the wh- by which the Japanese forces could employ tracked and wheeled vehicles. The sector was I mean, situated for about fo- four miles west of the Henderson uh, field.
0: Not that their fucking tractor-wheeled <clears throat> vehicles were any good. So, I'm sorry, you said Henderson Field. Okay. So, this is all going on at probably right around the same time that our uh, our new old buddy John Bassalone was there just kicking the fucking dicks in on the Japanese. Yeah, I yep. kind of figured as such.
1: <clears throat> uh, so, by mid-October, two Marine battalions, the 1st, 7th... Seventh- and the uh, second fifth held high ground on the east side of the Manteco near the coast. The Americans intercepted a jap a Japanese uh, map indicating that three Japanese divisions would attack the peri- perimeter from three separate directions. Although the Americans spotted enemy forces building up to their west and south, there was no indication that they would. Be attacked from the east, Colonel. Uh, <clears throat> okay, uh, okay. <laughs> that good, huh? Well, I'm trying to like I I read it and I want to and I n- want to make sure I pronounce it correct.
0: If not, he's dead. So I'm well, pretty sure nobody gives a shit. Colonel
1: uh, Akinosuko Suko uh, Oka commander of the reinforced 124th Infantry Regiment of the Imperial Japanese Armies. Oh,
0: he's fucking Japanese. Fuck him if you mispronounced his name.
1: Well, he was uh, of the 35th Brigade, received orders on October 9th, 19th, not 9th, to cross to the east bank of the Mantiku, attack the two Marine battalions defending the river line from the flank and rear, and secure the high ground, on the east side of the Manticou for further operations.
0: Good luck, bitch. There's Marines on that side. Exactly.
1: <laughs> when the Americans spotted Japanese infantry massing in the thickly wooded ravine south of the Marine position on the Manticore, on the morning of October 24th, uh, Vandergrift ordered the 2nd 7th on October 25th to conduct a forced march from its position uh, near Henderson Field, to defend an east-west ridgeline against Oka's expected attack. Sergeant Page and his men fell in with the rest of the battalion as they tramped rapidly to their new position. The 2nd Battalion arrived as its assigned position, uh, at its assigned position in the early evening of October 25th. The Marines found themselves under Bunbar... Bunbar- the Marines found themselves under bombardment not only by howitzers on the west bank of the Manduku, but also Japanese destroyers positioned offshore. The three rifle companies were deployed from west to east, with mm-hmm. E Company holding the lower of the two hills to the west, G Company on the saddle to the center, and F Company. On the higher hill to the east, Page's machine gun uh, section set up between Companies F and G. Uh, Page personally positioned the guns to protect uh, Company F to his left and Company G to his right. After the guns were in place, he strung uh, the tripwire. The Marines soon began <laughs> lobbing mortar shells into the ravine to inflict as many casualties as possible on the Japanese Japanese foot soldiers. The Japanese struck uh, Hennikin's battalion at 3 a.m. on October 26th. Company F was hardest hit. Vicious hand-to-hand fighting erupted in the battalion's front line as the Japanese tried to dislodge them from the ridge. When a Japanese soldier thrust his bayonet into Paige's head, the oh, sergeant.
0: Oh! His head? Jesus! At his head. Oh my god. I was head. like, holy Sorry. fuck, dude. He got stabbed in the fucking head. <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Uh, holy the sergeant shit.
1: threw up his left hand to block it. The razor sharp blade cut deeply into his hand, nearly severing his finger.
0: Mm-hmm. In a lightning
1: move, Paige drove his K bar. Into the attacker's neck, That'll killing him instantly. You're
0: fucking right, because the blade is eight and a half inches yep. long, and uh, uh, I don't know, probably it's about two inches wide. Not not like wide, th- you know, not thick, but wide. I've got a K bar in the gun safe, and they are fucking sturdy. Yeah. So like during he didn't drive it through the top of his goddamn skull. Yeah. During the fight, the two
1: Marine rifle companies positioned behind Page's platoon withdrew a short distance, isolating and exposing. Page's machine gunners. The repeated charges by the wild-eyed, bayonet-wielding Japanese took a heavy toll on the 2nd Battalion in the hours before sunrise. When one of the machine guns was damaged beyond uh, repair, Page braved enemy fire to bring up another one. The members of of Page's section fought valiantly, but the Japanese managed to kill or severely wound all of them in the platoon except page in the third hour of the battle page ran back and forth from one machine gun to the next in the darkness to deceive the japanese into believing that there were there were still a a lot of marines on the ridge
0: ah he's the, doing some shifty american stuff instead of <laughs> instead of shifty japanese stuff yes we're not used to that in the show of course because apparently the Japanese are the only ones that can be shifty, mm. if you've ever noticed. It's never wow. like, the Italians Soviets were never shifty, the Germans were never shifty. Italians can't be. No, no, Italians are are greasy. <laughs> they slip through the cracks. I, They're shifty, too. I think too. it's the eyes that makes the Japanese shifty. Okay. I think so. So the Japanese ultimately
1: uh, succeeded in driving Company F from its position.
0: Yeah, They paid the goddamn price for it, though, A- didn't they?
1: As the Japanese swept uh, past him, Page re- uh, remained at one of the guns. He swiveled to the, the left and right, firing into shadowy figures that swept past his position. They've
0: buttfucked the Japanese on their way through. Yes. Yes!
1: The first flicker of dawn occurred at, after three hours of uh, frenzied combat. The light of morning revealed a landscape blanketed with the dead and wounded bodies of American and Japanese soldiers. A lull settled over the battlefield at sunrise as the Japanese officers rallied their men for a final assault. Page said the Japanese knew the lay of the land east of the Manticore River No shit. very well and had a clear plan in mind when they made their attack.
0: I mean, when, when you've been dug into the place for fucking months yeah. and then we show up and we're like, hey, it's a nice island you got here. Be a damn shame if we killed all of you and took it and then started landing airplanes here. They, yeah, they probably knew, knew their way around a little bit, I'd say. You know. so
1: this is a quote directly from him. They were hoping that they could catch the Marines someday in a position like this where they could break through with enough people. they were uh no uh, there were no obstacles behind him. he said uh adding that it was just a straight shot through the coconut trees right down to the beach road. <laughs>
0: yeah straight shot except oh shit there's guys here
1: so uh page devised a plan for deceiving the japanese into believing that american reinforcements were on hand he draped two cartridge belts over his shoulder and with a when with one cartridge belt in his browning machine gun he unclamped it cradling his machine gun in his left hand he charged down the hill before he did so through his Though, he shouted, fix bayonets and follow me! <laughs>
0: Fuck you!
1: <laughs> to the Marines of the Company G to his right rear. Page then charged down the hill with his browning. I fix my nuts, I'm staying there, here. Uh, down the hill toward the Japanese, firing his browning machine gun from the hip as he went. Page spotted a Japanese officer and his guards standing up in the... Kunai grass. Oh, that guy's Qu- gonna
0: get fucking dead. Yeah,
1: below him, he said, "Quote: He was firing at me as I was charging at him. He had probably as many as eighteen uh, men with him. As I bounced down the hill, I raked them with. Uh, sorry. As I bounced down the hill, I raked them, and they all fell over. <laughs> the officer, though, remained standing. The Japanese officer had a Uh, exhausted his ammunition page recalled he threw his revolver to the deck and he started to pull his samurai sword as i (laughs) approached him from one uh, from about four feet away one burst of the machine gun came right down his face and chest as the samurai sword start started out (laughs) it hit the sword and the scabbard At the same time, the Marines to his right rear came charging down the hill with uh, fixed bayonets. The executive (laughs) officer of the 27 had scrapped together rear echelon troops and along with Marines from Company G, the Americans launched a counterattack.
0: Fuck your ancestors, here's 30 caliber rounds. uh,
1: Driving the Japanese back into the jungle. By that time, they knew the Japanese attack had been defeated and were yelling with joy. It was the greatest sight I have ever seen in my life, Paige said. uh, 98 Japanese dead uh, lay on the ridge. I'm sorry. 98 Japanese dead lay on the ridge and another 200 in the ravine. The Japanese decided in late December to withdraw from Guadalcanal.
0: That's probably a good idea.
1: The extraction was... Uh, handled uh, skillfully in the first, two, first week of February 1943, as many as 10,000 Japanese soldiers were loaded onto destroyers and removed to safety. During the Battle of Guadalcanal, the Japanese lost twenty-five thousand men, yeah, yeah compared they to one thousand seven hundred American dead.
0: Yeah, and then we just finished chasing them across Southeast Asia, just yep. fucking trading victories and defeats with them for the next uh, couple of years.
1: So after yeah. Guadalcanal was secured in February nineteen forty-three, Page was promoted to lieutenant and transferred to Australia. Uh, Vandergraaf presented him with the Medal of Honor on May 21st, 1943. Now, he would later on get, become Colonel. Yeah, fair enough. Um, before he retires. So, this is his, the actual citation for his Medal of Honor. Okay. For extraordinary heroism and... Oh, blah, 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 blah. Okay, let's get to uh, the meat and potatoes. Uh... <laughs>
0: Because there's a lot of words in here that I don't want to say again. It's just because like, I can't. <laughs> no, it's just a lot of fucking it's like
1: oh, I, whatever.
0: These are always fucking dry anyway. You know? Yeah. It's it's more fun to find like uh an account of someone who's who witnessed the whole thing or the person that did it. Yeah. Because like, so, you you can look at like like Roy Benavidez for example. You can look at his and go, Wow, that's cool. Then you listen to his side of the story and you go, That was fucking crazy, dude. Yeah. Like
1: so, for Extraordinary hero, Heroism and...
0: No, just get to the get to the fucking good part.
1: Yes. Conspicuous... <laughs> coniferous.
0: Yes. Coniferous gallantry. <laughs> <laughs> Those are... Uh, yeah, so coniferous would be like your pine trees that drop needles instead of leaves. Yeah, yeah. So...
1: So, if, if for extre- Extraordinary Heroism and Conspicuous... Whatever... Fuck it. Uh, Combat against (laughs) Japanese forces on the Solomon Islands, uh, this 26th of October, 1942. When the enemy broke through the line directly in front of his position, uh, Sergeant Page, commanding a machine gun section with fearless uh, determination, continued to direct the fire of his gunners until all his men were either killed or wounded alone against the deadly hot hail of japanese shells he fought with his gun and when it was destroyed took over another moving from gun to gun never ceasing ceasing his withering fire against the advancing hordes until reinforcements finally arrived then forming a new line he dauntlessly and aggressively led a bayonet charge driving the enemy back and preventing a breakthrough in, in our lines. His great personal valor and unyielding devotion to duty were, uh, were in keeping with the highest traditions of the U.S. Naval Service. A complete list of Colonel. Okay, so that was his citation. Right. So now this is a complete list of his decorations that he would be, be awarded. Okay. The Medal of Honor, the Purple Heart, the Presidential. Uh, unit Citation, the Good Conduct Medal, the China Service Medal, the American Defense Service uh, Medal with base clasp, the Asia- Asiatic Pacific Campaign Medal with two bronze stars. I've
0: literally never heard of that one. Me either. Huh. Uh,
1: the American uh, Campaign Medal, the World War II Victory Medal, the Naval Defense Service Medal, the Korean Service Medal, the Marine Corps uh, Reserve Ribbon, and the United Nations Service Medal. See?
0: That's that's a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's a lot of fucking medals. So that
1: is Mr. Page and his his fucking balls out fucking charge down a hill with a browning to be that like. That was
0: fucking something, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like both of those guys, I mean, both of them, just fucking going from gun to gun. Yeah, you know, keeping
0: enemy back. I mean, one ended up dying, but and he taught that one fucking officer like the golden rule: you don't bring a knife to a gunfight. Yes, like, so th- they have this this whole theory <laughs> with you know, if you, you you can defeat someone with a with a firearm with a knife if you're within twenty feet of them and they haven't drawn it yet. Yeah. When you're trying to draw your goddamn four-foot-long sword out of your fucking family's ceremonial antique scabbard or whatever, and you don't want to fuck that up, and homeboy's already got a bead on you at, like, a yard and a half away with a belt-fed thirty caliber machine gun, you're going to lose that fight. I don't care how fucking badass samurai bullshit you are. You're going to die. (laughs) Yeah, he just got fucking shot from sternum to forehead, apparently. Uh, And just, uh, yeah, bad day to be him, I guess. But if he'd survived it, he would have had to stab himself anyway. (laughs) So true, you know, and there wouldn't have been anybody around to cut his head off. It would have just been painful. But, you know, sucks to be Japanese in World War Two, I guess. It's probably not bad now. I mean. They have PlayStations and shit. Exactly. You know. For sure. A dwindling population because none of them fuck, which is <laughs> sad. But uh, eh, it's not our fault. Uh, maybe you, it is. You know what? No, it's not. But what is our fault is the fact that we have a goddamn Patreon page. <laughs> oh, it is? It is. And we release a new episode every week, which we're getting ready to record that one immediately after that. Um, and I... I know, I know, I know. We've done a lot of badasses and history, and we got more history next week, so I figured just to fucking mix it up, we do another badass for Patreon (laughs) because this dude's story is fucking wild. Um, But if you want to hear it, give us five bucks. Or give Patreon five bucks, and then they give us, like, (sighs) $3.79 or whatever it is per person. Yes. And then you can hear this shit. So... For whatever, you know, $5, or if you're in fucking England, it's like whatever your bullshit money is with your dead queen on it, or in Canada, it's like 7 bucks. I don't fucking know. Anyway, give it a listen. It's good. Even if you do it for a month and you listen to all everything and you go, okay, cool, and then come back in a couple months and we have more shit, that's fine, too. So that's Patreon. There's also this really cool headphone company we've uh, – We've been buddies with for quite some time. Studio. Um, go over to studio.com and uh, grab whatever you want speakers, headphones, earbuds. Uh, they've got wired and wireless earbuds. Throw them in your cart. Put in Dark Windows 15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order. And uh, yeah, social media shits. All the shits. Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Leave us a review. Don't leave us a review. I don't really care at this point. It doesn't matter anymore <laughs> because <laughs> nobody leaves us reviews. And that's fine. Oh, you know, yeah.
1: We got to roll. We got to roll. We yeah, we'll
0: see what you're doing next time in, like, three weeks. Because we're not going to be here next week because we both got family coming in for Thanksgiving. So we're going to take the time off. Yes. So. I mean, so maybe. There might be a possible. We're still going to do Patreon. So what I was planning on doing was grabbing maybe. If you're cool with it, grab one of our old Patreon episodes and giving that to the world for free. Okay. Perfect. And uh, I love it. if you don't like it, fuck you. Anyway, roll in for your punk-ass Kevin. Pernanormal. You got to do some ghostly shits. Cool. How so, normal? With that being said, just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you. Goodbye. Again, forever this time.